and the way he does things. Because um, ultimately, I know, um, and I hope you all know, that he has our best interests at heart, even though we don't. A lot of times, we like to go rogue and fly by the seat of our pants. And thankfully, we have a, a God that sent a Savior um, to save us and to step out. He would, he would send armies into the darkest nights. Um, to be with us and to guide us. Um, you know, the song before that, it it speaks to me because I believe this world spins so fast and it's a tool of Satan that he uses to distract us from the things that truly matter and what's happening in this world. And, and one of the most staggering rates um, that really tears at my heart is teen suicide rates are, are skyrocketing in our day and age. Um, they can't get away from social media and in and bullying and the things that that go on you know uh, mental illness is not one of my strong suits in dealing with it um, I used to have a lot different mentality against it than I do now but I know a lot of people think you know just get over it um, toughen up there's always been bullying there's always will be bullying get over it um, while that has a sense of trueness I can assure you that people took more time back in the day to help kids get along and get through with it. Um, today, as parents, we we fly every night of the week with with something going on, and every weekend, and and rarely do we have time to sit down together as as a family and truly get a feel for how our kids are spiritually and mentally and physically. Um, my kids are kind of easy to know when they're getting tired physically because we get a lot of wine a lot of whining going on in our house and crying at the the sake of toys and just ridiculous things so it's pretty easy for me to figure out when whenever they're getting wore down physically Um, but i believe the reason why suicide rates are on a skyrocket is because we don't take time as a community and as neighbors, and brothers and sisters in Christ, and as parents and uncles and grandparents to check on each other, to truly see how each other are doing in our everyday lives, to slow down enough, to take time to have that conversation, to truly look into the person's eyes and and see how they are doing. Um, We want to, hey, how you doing? Great. All right, I got to go. Great. I'm glad you're doing okay. Anybody can hide anything for 30 seconds. Um, But just like that song said, we have the story. We have the truth. When we've accepted Christ, we have the knowledge that might save somebody's life. The words that you speak to people make a difference. Um, That song just absolutely speaks to the core of what I believe will start to fix a broken community, a broken church, a broken family is to take time for one another, see what the problems are, see what the successes are, where do you need to build and where do you need to go from here. But we just don't take the time for it anymore. Used to, um, me and my brother, we obviously grew up in town and uh, at the store and run all over the place. And and it took a community to raise us because, trust me, whenever we did something wrong, the news beat us back to the hardware store. We were in trouble before we even got back. Um, but that seemed so bad 
then was such a great thing because my parents knew that we were okay and it didn't matter where we were at in town because they knew the people that lived in town would help take care of us as well. I don't know how many people's houses we stopped at and got drinks of water and out of their faucets and garden hoses and everything else and and they would just say hi and go on but we have to slow this world down we have to stop and take the time to genuinely see how people are doing especially our kids it starts in your home you have to see how your kids are doing you know, five minutes on, on the run is, is not sufficient. Kids are growing up in households where their parents don't even know them. Um, yes, kids are going to hide things, but the more time we spend with them, the less they can hide. Um, and it all happens in good conversation and out of the good doing. Um, but it's out of true caring for one another, you know, and that really, those songs hit me hard this morning. Um, that we just don't slow down and we don't take the time to talk and try to help repair. You know, he said, what if you've got something? What if you've got a word that might save my life? Are you going to hold it from me? I don't know how many times I've probably been guilty of holding back words that God had me prepared to say to somebody, but I didn't want to take the time to do it. Um, it, it, It truly is important if we're going to start repairing and and patching a broken country, a broken community, a broken family, a broken church, then it starts with time. You can throw all the money at it that you want, but it takes time. You know, we 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 buy psychologists and we we buy people that will help us with our mental illnesses and that's all great. But parents, grandparents, friends, it can all start there. It doesn't take professionals a lot of time. It just takes time. And we would rather give money than time a lot of times. I know uh, being the optimist that I am, I was talking to Brother Bruce about a church project that we had going on at Pontiac. And I'm like, oh my gosh, let's just open it up for volunteers. Why are we paying somebody to do this when we've got a church full of people that are excited about the kingdom of God? He just looked at me. He's like, yeah, okay. Why don't you ask him? I was like, well, what's the deal? This seems, you know, awful negative. And he goes... You can ask people to donate money or their time, and you will end up with way more money than you have of people's time. And I thought, how sad is that when we've gotten into a spot where we can put a price tag on time? Because time is irreplaceable. You can't buy it back. Once it's gone, it's gone. There's no matter how much money that you have. If you have a lot of money, you may be able to prolong your death, but you're still going to die. You can't buy your way out of it. You know, it's not, I forgot who said it, but it's not how many breaths you take. It's, it's what happens during those breaths. You know, it's the words that we speak and how we treat other people. Our lifelong will be the legacy that we leave for the next generation. And you can impact the next generation positively or negatively, but you can rest assured that you will have an impact on the next generation. It's your choice of what kind of impact and legacy that you're going to leave. And that just fell heavy on my heart this morning. That not really what I was going to preach about. That's bonus material. We're going to be here till twelve thirty. That's fine. Don't work the clock. Um, if you would, though, let's let's bow with a word of prayer this morning. Gracious Heavenly Father, God, we are so thankful for the opportunity, Lord, to be in Your house, God, to together, together with like-minded people.
Lord, to raise your name on high, Lord, and give you the honor and glory for everything that you are doing, God, and everything that you're going to do. Lord, I pray that every person here this morning, Lord, we can put our full faith and trust in you, God, and lean on you for everything that we are encountering in our lives. God, I truly pray that we can slow down, Lord, and take time for people. God, take time for you, Lord, to allow you to pour into our lives and and to break us and to mold us, Lord, and that we could share our testimony with the lost. God, that you might give us the words to say and the mental toughness to take the time and slow down to say them. God, I am thankful for the opportunity, Lord, to get to talk about your word. Lord, I'm thankful for a church of people that are eager, excited to learn about your word, Lord. Lord, I pray this morning, Lord, that lives would be changed. God, that we might learn something today, God, that would impact us for the rest of our lives. Lord, that would impact our legacy that we're going to leave, Lord, that you would be that legacy. God, that you would be the thing that we're passing on to the next generation with the country full of hate and, and negativity, God, that we could shed some light. Lord, help us. Be your hands and feet, Lord, as you're calling us to do things, God, that you would give us the motivation and the spirit and the strength to go. Lord, as we are called out. Lord, I am so thankful for the opportunity to be called. To be called a child of the one true king. God, I am thankful for your presence here this morning, Lord. I, I pray that you'd be with the ones that couldn't make it today for whatever reason. God, that you would be with them. Lord, and let them feel our love and let them feel your love wherever they're at. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to be in a, a pretty familiar spot this morning. I'm going to be in Psalms 23. <clears throat> a lot of people can probably say this without me reading it to them. Um, but the Lord showed this to me in, in a pretty unique way, and I got excited about it. Uh, seen quite a few things this week that that I really loved that the Lord was was showing me and it was probably enough material to go all day um, but I thought that I might lose you guys after a couple two or three hours because I know you guys would last that long right yeah we're like a bunch of squirrels we got to keep it short and sweet and to the point right because we get distracted by all the things we're doing which brings me to my first point I'm going to go ahead and read scripture first Psalms 23, starting in verse 1, it says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me into the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for Thou art with me. Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. I love it, the, the promise and the picture that I envision when I read this, man. It, it's just so beautiful. And, and I live in a, my imagination is awesome. I'm just going to throw that out there. When I picture this, I picture the best of the best and the things that the Lord has for me because I know it's true because he tells me it's true. He wants the best of the best for me. So I can only envision the, the perfect farm that I've got. And I'm, I'm down in this big, huge open bottom and 
and there's a creek rolling through it. I just I get this sunshiny, beautiful day, not too hot, not too cold. Um, my wife wouldn't be there with me because it would be too cold. My perfect temperature is not her perfect temperature, okay? She would be there in a jacket bundled up and freezing. Um, but the first thing that caught me off of this, the Lord is my shepherd. Um, it says in John chapter 10, you don't have to go there, I'm going to read it to you. John chapter 10 and verse 14, it says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me, even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not in this fold, them also I must bring. And thou shalt hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Pastors are called shepherds because they deal with the flock in a congregation of a church, but they are not the true shepherd. If anybody stands up here behind a pulpit and says that they are the one true shepherd, know that that is a lie because they are not. There is one true shepherd, and that is Jesus Christ, that gave his life for his sheep. And so knowing this, that the promises that come hereafter and the vision that comes hereafter of the first part of the first verse that says, the Lord is my shepherd. If you don't have the Lord as your shepherd, the rest of this is void and nil to you because you don't have that yet. You don't have the shepherd yet. You can read words, but you can't get the vision that the Lord would put inside of you because you don't have the Holy Spirit. So I'm asking you this morning, if you do not have a shepherd, if you do not have a guider, if you do not have a savior, then you're not saved. If you do not have Jesus Christ in your life and have received the Holy Spirit, then you do not have a shepherd here this morning. And I can promise you that you are treading on dangerous ground. The second part of this, it's funny because it says, I shall not want. I shall not want. I've got a good shepherd. I shouldn't want anything. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it says, My God shall supply all your need according to His riches in His glory by Christ Jesus. He will supply you with everything that you need. You notice I didn't say everything that you think you need. Because what I feel like I need and what God supplies me sometimes are not on the same level. Why is that? Because I'm just a sheep and he is the shepherd. We wonder why a shepherd has to have this big old rod with a hook on the end. Sheep are stupid. Let's just basically say it. He didn't call us sheep because we're all cute and fuzzy and warm on the inside. He calls us sheep because basically, you know, look at your neighbor and, well, we can figure it out from there. It's not because we're cute and fuzzy. Although, I mean, come on. But it's basically because we need a leader. We need a guider. We need a savior. We need somebody to step in and correct our bad decisions when we make them. Because basically we make one bad decision after another continually until we die. And hopefully you've accepted Christ as your shepherd and, and you get to go be with him. But in verse 2, it's funny because it stands out what I just said. 
He maketh me lie down in green pastures and leadeth me beside the still waters. Why? Because I won't lay down in good places. He says he maketh me lie down in good places because I'm not smart enough to figure out where the good places are, basically. He's like, you're not going to get it. I'm going to have to make you do this. It's for your own good because you're not smart enough to figure it out on your own. I mean, that's where we're at, right? I mean, we see, we talked in Sunday school class this morning about, you know, seeing signs and receiving God's word through other people and just blatantly ignoring them and doing what we want to do. He says, maketh me lie down in green pastures because basically we don't know what is best for us. We might think we know what is best for us. We might know what we want would be best for us. But he knows without a doubt what is best for us. And I have to put my trust in that. Becoming a sheep, you accept a shepherd. And if you don't trust the shepherd, then how can you become a sheep? If you're not willing to accept the guidance of a shepherd, then you're not a sheep. You can say it with your mouth all the day long that the Lord is my Savior. But if you don't believe it with your heart, then it means nothing what you're saying. If you're not willing to sacrifice your life and give everything to Him and let Him guide you in every direction, the things that you just said are void. It doesn't matter what you say. You have to believe it with your heart. That's when the change comes. That's when you become a sheep. You know, in verse 4, it says rod and staff. The shepherd, I've done a little research on that. He's got this long stick with a hook on the end. And I can envision it because I do it with my kids sometimes. They got, I got little three-foot cattle sticks. And I kind of guide them sometimes. Um, and, I, you know, as we're kind of wandering out because we're, we're just sheep wandering along, don't know what we're doing, don't have a care really where we're going and all I know is I want food and I'm good basically and so we're just out here wandering around in these pastures you know and Jesus is standing behind us touching us on the sides directing us at which path to go because I always envision God's plan for my life is this straight line and how I walk that straight line is like this just and so he's sitting there with the stick, and he'll tap me on this side, and then he'll come over here and tap me on this side, and he's sitting there going, wow, this, one, this one's wearing me out. He's just back and forth all the time. And then you get the really bad ones that are just like straight line, and they're just like, oh, what's that line? That's weird. And then that's what the hook's for. You gotta, they put them around them, and they jerked them back, because a lot of times... Sheep and their wool is so thick that they get caught up in briars and they can't get out and they'll die there. They wander into messes that they can't get out of their self. Amen? Who's ever wandered into a mess that they couldn't get out of their self? That they needed a Savior? Guess what? If you don't think you have, you were born into sin. That is a mess that you cannot get out of by yourself. You need a shepherd to get out of your mess. Because you're stuck in the briars and the thorns. And basically when he hooks you, it might hurt a little. But it's for your best interest to get you back 
on the right path because we have a shepherd that wants us to walk the straight and narrow and he's trying to guide us down it because it's the easiest and he loves us and it will produce the most fruit. He makes us lay down in green pastures because we're not smart enough to do it ourselves. We talked about it in Sunday school this morning. When people are telling you things and you've been praying about things and, and you've been having people pray for things about you and it's everybody is saying the opposite of what you think and you haven't heard back from God, you have no real confirmation, you might think about the people that you've asked to pray for you, what they're saying. I'm not saying that you should trust everybody that you come along with, but when you're praying and you've got a church family that's praying and they're trying to help you, be God. So we need to be able to listen for the answer when we're praying for things and put our own selfish desires to the side to realize what God would have for us because what he has for us is green pastures and still waters. That's what God has for us. It may not be a life of glamour where I'm a sheep in a stall that gets my hair combed every day in a, in a bucket of feed. But little do I know that they're leading me to the slaughter when they're done with me. But I've got a shepherd that lives with me and raises me and rears me all along the way. Because the definition of a shepherd is a person who tends and rears sheep. Just so you know, you can't type in rears in Google search and get what you want. (laughs) You have to type in rearing to get the answer that you want. And rearing means to grow, to teach, to spur along growth. So not only do you have somebody guiding you along the way, but somebody that's going to help you grow. That's why he makes you lie down when you're supposed to lie down. That's why he puts you besides waters that are going to be beneficial for you to drink. When we listen to the word of God and and what he is telling us, it's going to be the best thing for us. Because a shepherd doesn't want his flock to die. It's quite the opposite. When we look back at what he says in John chapter 10. It says he is willing to lay down his life for his sheep. So not only does he want his sheep to live and to grow and to prosper and not die, he's willing to lay down his own life so that they won't die. What did David say that he faced before Goliath? Lion and a bear, right? These shepherds are not the outcasts. They are people that care enough about their flock that they will step in between their sheep and harm's way to defend. That's why Jesus is the good shepherd. He's the perfect shepherd because he made the ultimate sacrifice for his flock that his sheep might have the best that there is as long as they'll listen. So we get into verse 3. He said, He restoreth my soul. I just want to just take a minute. I've underlined that and put that in quotation marks in my Bible. He restoreth my soul. There's not a more beautiful thing than that. He restores your inwards. 
He doesn't care about your outwards, but he cares about what's going on the inside. He restores everything that might be eternal. He restores the internal inside of you. He puts back in the glory of his father. He restores your soul. That's why we have to lay down when he's calling us to lay down. You know, how do you train a dog to sit? Tell them to sit, you push on their butt, right? How do you think he makes a, dog, a sheep lie down? I mean, I, he's thumping me on the head. I've got knots all over. Stop. Bam. With that rod. Because I don't like to listen the first time. It takes me a couple times. I'm a little slow. I'm a sheep. Right? And so he restores my soul and he leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. If you feel like God is leading you to do something wrong, you're probably wrong. Because it says he leads me to a path of righteousness. God isn't going to lead you anywhere else. He's going to lead you to a path of righteousness. If you feel like God is telling you to do something wrong, you need to stop and think and pray. Because there is no evil in God. He tells us that. Lead us down paths of righteousness. Think back. Evaluate your life. If you had always chosen the path of righteousness, whoo, hallelujah, right? That'd be the good life. I'm not that smart. I'm a sheep. Let's, let's get back to ground zero. I'm a sheep and I'm not that smart. I don't always choose the path of righteousness. But I'm helping you discern the word of God this morning. Because if he, if you feel like God is telling you to do something wrong, you need to check because it's not God. He will lead you down paths of righteousness. We have to be able to discern God's voice and the enemy's voice. In John chapter 10, I'm going to flip back to it again. Because it says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known. Of my sheep. And it says in 16. And they shall hear my voice. That's part of the rearing process. If you spend enough time. With your shepherd. You're going to know him by the sound of his voice. I've heard people say one time. That, that sheep. Will come to their shepherd. By the sound of their voice. And you get a shepherd where it's not their herd. They can holler all day. But they don't know that voice. They don't come to that voice. They don't know it. They're not used to it. I can tell you the same is for a lot of other animals. Mom feeds my cows every day. And when I walk over there, they're like, because I give them shots and things like that. And they know the difference. I can assure you because they're like, whoa, I'm not going in that pen with that dude. I remember what happened last time. But the sheep will know the sound of the shepherd's voice. How much time do you spend listening for the sound of your shepherd? Are you going to know that voice? He says, when I come back and call you, you, know, you will know me by the sound of my voice. I want to make sure that I've spent enough time on my knees and in a prayer that when he comes back and calls my name, that I know it's him and that I can go without a doubt. Amen. Because he's coming back. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. 
we have to know the sound of our shepherd's voice. We have to. That takes time. It takes rearing. Verse 4 says, He, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The main word I wanted to point out in verse 4 is through. Ye though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So we ain't stopping there. God says that he goes before us and plants things on the other side. John 14, verse 3 says, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. The envision I had when I was looking at this and, and through just stood out so big to me. means we ain't stopping. Going through something means you ain't stopping there. You've got to go through it to get to the other side. And Jesus has already set up your other side. You're going exactly to the place that he wants you to go because he already prepared that for you. And now he's coming back to walk through it with you. He prepared it for you. And now he's walking through it with you because he knows that my children won't stop in the middle. They'll keep pushing because they know in my word it says I go before you and I prepare a place for you. And now I'm coming back to you and I'm going to walk through it with you. So it doesn't matter where you're at or the things that are going on in your life. Jesus is beside you, walking through you with it, knowing that you're going exactly where he wants you to go because he's already been there and prepared it for you. Therefore, when you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, you fear no evil because you are with me. You're with me. And you've already been to the other side and seen it and prepared it for me. Yeah, I may be walking through the valley, but he's prepared a mansion on a hilltop. That's where I'm headed. We're going through this valley. You're going through a tough time. You're, going, you're in a bad relationship. You've got bad medical problems. You've got hateful friends. You're getting blasted at school. It doesn't matter because we ain't stopping. We're walking through this to the things that Jesus has set up for us on the other side. Amen? Don't put your head down and quit. Don't put your head down and quit when you're in the valley. Look to God and know that Jesus is beside you and that he's got the next hilltop in his vision even though you can't see it. Because you're trusting in a shepherd that is leading you and guiding you to the next great thing that he has for you. And he has great things for us. He says that I, I, did, I came so that they may have life, but not only life, but life more abundantly. He doesn't want us to have mediocrity. He wants to have greatness. And he's put greatness in all of us when you accept Christ as your Savior and you receive the Holy Spirit. That is the greatness of God that you receive. He puts greatness inside of us. 
So when you're walking through the valley, know that you've got a partner. Know that you've got a buddy. Know that you've got a Savior by your side. And know the things that He has set up for you on the next hilltop. And it's worth the climb. It's worth the climb. Because He tells us. He doesn't just want good things. He wants great things. And so whatever He has for us is going to be great. And I get excited because this world is getting so bad. I can't imagine the prize that's waiting for us on the other side. Because He's walking with us now. But this isn't our destination. We're walking through. We're passing through this world. In it, but not of it. This is all in God's Word. We should be excited and encouraged to confront any evil or opposing battle that we face knowing that God is already standing on the other side with the victory. You've already won. Now we may have to fight. We may have to fight for a while, but the victory is ours. I wanted to get into some Old Testament. Not the Psalms, it's an Old Testament. I mean, that's fine. Daniel chapter 3. I'm going to read this because I love this story. Daniel chapter 3, starting in verse 15. It says, Now if you be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, you fall down and worship the image which I have made. This is the king speaking. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning, burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. No doubt. They have no doubt. Sorry to tell you this, king. The God I serve will deliver us one way or the other. He will deliver us out of your hand. It says, But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men who were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar, the king, was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? 
They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth and of the midst of the fire. And the princes, governors, and captains, and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair on their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Amen. What a story. I talked about it a lot and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to read it because it's an amazing story. But that is proof that God will walk through anything that you're going through. It doesn't matter where you're at today. It doesn't matter what you're facing today. Jesus is right there with you. If somebody glanced real fast and said, Man, it seemed like somebody was right there with you. And you'd be like, yeah. Yeah, there is. And they had the appearance of the Son of God. Because He's walking through me with my battles. He's fighting my battles with me. Because He's not only a good shepherd that's calm and meek and mild, but He is a mighty warrior that will face off the bears and lions that try to attack His herd. So today, would you please stand with me? In life, we're going to face these battles. We're going to face these valleys. We're going to face these shadows of death. But you have to know that you've got a Savior and a shepherd that will walk alongside of you. And not only walk with you through the burning, fiery furnace, but He's prepared a place for you on the other side. He's been before you and paved the way. The things that He does are so great that we can't even fathom here on earth. We've got things that are waiting for us that are beyond imagination and anything that we could ever dream of. That's why you're, why you're in the valley. You can't focus on the shadows of death. You have to keep focusing on a shepherd that's there with you, allowing him to guide you and direct you around the dangers and through the dangers, knowing that he's already laid his life down for you and has went to prepare a place on the other side. What a promise that is today. What a promise that is today. We're going to open up the altars. If you've got something going on in your life right now. And you need confirmation of Jesus Christ walking with you. Grab somebody to pray with you. And come to the altar and feel the presence of the Lord fall upon you. Because I have no doubts. I have no doubts because God said he wants what's best for us. He sent a savior to die for us. He put in place a shepherd to lead his sheep. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your shepherd, if you've lost sight of your shepherd and you worry about knowing his voice or not, come find it today. Come hear it today. Ask for him to speak to you today. Say, God, I've been away for far too long. I want you to take your hook and I want you to put me back on this righteous path that you have for me. 
Because God, I was walking through the valley and it was so dark and I lost sight of you. And he says that he'll leave the 99 to come get the one. It doesn't matter what's happening today in your life. It doesn't matter what's happening in your family. It doesn't matter what's happening with a mother, daughter, son, brother, in a community, within friends. Know that Jesus Christ is there with you. And he's been to the other side. And he's got your best interest at heart. That's the God I serve. That's the promises that He gives me once I accept Him as Savior. That all the promises of this book and His Word become true. Amen? Come get rid of your sorrow and your shame today by allowing Christ to shepherd you. Stop fighting the urge and temptation to make your own path and allow Him to guide you down the path of righteousness. Today is the day. Don't wait any longer. The altars are open. I know that people have battles in everyday life. We experience joy and sorrow and happiness and loss. Know that everything you're going through today can be fixed that you're not just broken but you're broken for a cause because you serve a God that is greater than anything that you could ever serve and that whenever he allows you to be broken he's also the one that puts you back together he's also the one that builds you back stronger than anything you ever thought could stand before he allows you to become a person greater than you thought you could ever be when we allow Christ to be our shepherd, when we become true sheep, when we realize that the guidance that we have for ourselves will never exceed the guidance or experience that God has for us, we truly get in a great place. We truly get to a point where God can use us to do things unexplainable. We talked about spiritual gifts this morning in Sunday school class. Spiritual gifts are a true blessing from God. But we have to allow Him to show us how to use those gifts to bless other people because we don't use them for the edifying of ourselves. We use them to edify the kingdom of God and to bring others closer to Him. <clears throat> Um, I've got some announcements today. We'll start out with the sad one. Um, Earl Linegar has passed away. Uh, what was his wife's name, Bob? Loretta. Loretta. They used to come to church here. Um, he passed away at 5 o'clock this morning. Um, so their family will sure use your prayers. Um, Earl Linegar. They used to go to church here. Um, okay. Also, this Wednesday will be business meeting. We'll eat at 6. Business meeting will start at 6.30. Um, today, this evening, 
We won't be having services here, but at my mom and dad's house at four, we're going to have hot dogs. Mom's made some, some other things and, and some desserts, and we're going to have a fire and, and just fellowship together. It's, maybe Julie can lead a few songs. Not putting you on spot or nothing, that's fine. Uh, but it'll be a good time of fun and fellowship to just come and talk and visit about um, the Lord and, and the good things that he's doing. And I tell you what, there's no better way to get fired up than to talk with another Christian about the things that the Lord is doing. I mean, I get jacked up. I love it. I just spark off people like that. They come with excitement and joy of what the Lord is doing. There's no better way. Also, today, right now, the center is doing their... Fried chicken fundraiser, first of the month, correct? The fundraiser, they do it every month. Anyway, today is the day for fried chicken dinner at the center. Um, we also received our wish list for uh, the foster children. And so if you have questions about that, what we're going to, kind of my envision on that was, is we would create a boys team and a girls team and uh, three or four people go together, and we'll go shopping and fill these wish lists. And what that is is the foster we're part of Helping Hands, which helps the um, Child Services Department of Ozark Douglas and Wright County. And they have a big Christmas party for all the foster children in December, and it's a big, huge, huge thing. Our church has volunteered to fill um, five wish lists of the kids that are going to be there. So we'll need to go shopping for them and and get those presents wrapped and things like that. Um, also, I mentioned at the beginning, but the shoe boxes, we're going to pack those, not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday. And it's a true blessing to be involved in that. Um, it's, it's a ministry in itself. And I, I, what was that, Kenny, or Brian, that said this morning in Sunday school, just if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, just start serving and the Lord will work it out. Amen. We decided as a class that there's, that's the, the great thing. Just to start serving somewhere and let the Lord work the rest of everything out and, and show Him what He has for you. That was one of my best things from this morning. That was fantastic. Just start serving and let the Lord work everything else out. There's no bad time to do good, right? There's no bad time to do good. Um, <laughs> Wednesday night, we're still growing on Wednesday night, guys. The, the kids' programs are, are exploding. Our adults' class is getting bigger. I mean, there's almost as many people here on Wednesday. Well, I, I shouldn't say that. That's not true. But um, it is getting phenomenally bigger. Last Wednesday, or a couple, well, there was one where we counted like 52 people here on Wednesday. I mean, it's, it's pretty impressive for a Wednesday night. Uh, and, and the Lord is doing all of that. Um, it's, it's just amazing what the Lord is doing. Um, we're still accepting change to pay for postage on those shoe boxes. It's $9 a box, correct? And so if you need a Ziploc bag or a five-gallon bucket to get your change from your house, let us know. We'll, well, if you got a five-gallon bucket, I'll give you one if you can bring back a five-gallon bucket full of change. Just come pack it. We're going to pack them at the church, correct? So everything, come pack a box, come pray over it. If you if you got spare change, it'd be great. If you don't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you bring anything. 
bring yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can be. I always say, if you if God's not moving in your life, find out where He's moving and just be a part of it. It's going to be great. Um, so, like I said, be a, be a part of that because that is literally spreading God's word all over the world. That's what we're called to do, everywhere, always. And so, come pray over a box and just be a part. If nothing else, fellowship with us and and sit down and visit. We love it. Bring a friend. Right. Anybody got anything else? Yes. You want my mic? God, no. Oh. I'm well. God, God, um, God just showed me that I need to share this. Um, this week I was struggling with uh, some things. I was looking at the Bible and I didn't really know where to turn. And I said, God, just show me. And this is what I opened my Bible to. And I have read this a hundred times this week. I wrote it down a little Amen. Thank you. Absolutely.